Hello, friends, and welcome to the Home Wrecker Podcast, where we wreck and shatter conventional wisdom and ways of thinking by bringing alternative viewpoints and different subjects to light in an attempt to not only change the thoughts and feelings that most people accept as reality, but to obliterate them completely. I'm your host, the Golden Greek Alex Arion. I'm joined as always. By my beautiful, gorgeous, amazing, lovely wife and certified hypnotherapist, the lovely Monique. Hello. How are you? I'm I'm pretty good. I'm like, how am I? I have to think about that. How are you? Uh, you know, <sighs> the yeah. year, the, as we're recording this, it's, uh, what New Year the the New Year's Eve Eve does that the sound Eve right? The Eve, Eve of the Eve of the, of the Eve year. of the New Year. There you go. Yeah. So uh, this year is almost done. The year, or I should say, this the year twenty twenty one is almost done. By the time anybody hears this, it'll be the New Year. So happy New Year! Happy New Year! Woo! Yeah, I guess that's probably how we should have opened the show with a Happy New Year. But anyway, uh, yeah, you know, this year's been, eh. Past couple of weeks have been kind of tough. Yeah, these past few weeks have been a bit rough. I can't talk. These past few years, I'm not editing that. I'm leaving that right in. These past few weeks uh, and years have been have been tough for a lot of folks. For us, past few weeks have been trying. Straining. Yes, straining is a good word. Emotional. Mm. So, but... Hopefully that's all behind us now, and uh, yeah. So, uh, we 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 our our cat passed away, which you know, some people are probably like, well, "Who cares? It's just a cat." But if anybody that has a pet knows that you you become attached to your animals, yeah. Whether it's a dog, a cat, a bird, a hamster, a snake, whatever your pet is, you get attached to these things, and. Uh, especially an animal like a dog or a cat where you spend so much time and they're so, uh, what's the word? I know loyalty always comes up when people talk about pets. They're a part of your life. Uh, but they, yeah, they're a part of your life. They're a big part of, of, of your family, of, of who you are, uh, of, you know, the, the cool thing with, with, with dogs and cats, especially, uh, or, or pets of any kind, actually, they don't judge you. They love you unconditionally, right? They, they, Typically. As, lo- as, lo- as long as you treat them well. They don't care how you are to other people. They don't care what your flaws are. They don't care about any of that kind of stuff. They don't care that you 
gotten an argument with somebody or, you know, they don't care about any of that stuff. They don't care that you mistreated somebody or did something wrong or They don't care if you're an asshole. They don't care if you're a jerk. They don't care if you're great. They just care that you feed them and you pet them and you treat them well. So, yeah, it's it's tough. I, I can't believe how hard this loss of a pet hit me because, I mean, I'm over 40 years old now. And I've had, I've had, I don't know if we talked about it on the show before, but I've had cats my whole life and I've had them pass away before, but never in the manner that this one did. And it was really, really, it was incredibly difficult uh, because any other, like, for example, I'll tell you when I was young, the first cat I ever had was a cat named Sam. I don't even know why I named her Sam, but it was a girl named was Sam. And my dad ran her over. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Right. Yeah. Accidentally, obviously didn't mean to, but uh, ran her over and I never got to see the animal. And I was so young that it was kind of like, I don't know. I think it was like five or six when it happened. So it's not something that I really remember. And I'm sure I was upset, but I don't really remember. And I remember it being like a couple of months before I was told at first it was, it was, oh, she just hasn't come home. We don't know where she is. And then finally they broke it to me down the road when, and I was like, oh, okay. When it was like, kind of, she'd been gone long enough where I was just like, okay, kind of over it, I guess you could say. Whether or not that approach is good or not, I mean, that's debatable, but that's what happened. And then the, my other, uh, the other cat that we had was uh, a tiger and tiger was, had to be almost 15, 16, 17 years old. It was up there and this cat was awesome. And he was actually my brother's cat, but would always, you know, it was the family cat growing up and everything, but was really close with my brother. And that he just went off and never came back because he was an outdoor cat. He would, you know, come in the house and stuff like that, but was, was allowed to go outside and it was one of those where he just he went out and he never came back. So you didn't get to see him. You don't you don't get to see the you, you see them alive and then you just don't see them again. And then same thing with with uh, Frisky, who is the cat that our most recent cat that just passed away was named after. Loved that cat and same thing, just went outside, never came back. So I never got to see the the body I guess to get that uh what's I don't even know what the word is closure I don't, I don't even know I, I guess but you you know they're gone but you just never you don't know when it happened or how it happened or whatever but you knew they were gone so you didn't have to go through the experience of death never never went through the experience and then with this cat Junior he was named Junior because he was named after he was Frisky Junior but we called him Junior and with this cat it was uh it was a very quick Within a week, he just kind of stopped eating and just essentially wasted away. And, uh, I mean, we did everything we could to keep him comfortable, but it was, I mean, you knew just from all of your experience in uh, veterinary medicine and everything, you knew that he was, he was, he was going like he was, he was on his way out. I knew by a certain point I could just tell, I, I don't know if it was my experience in veterinary medicine. I think it was just my intuition. I just could feel it. Like he's done. 
and that that was hard but yeah i also felt like okay well if if this is his time then all i can do is try to keep him as comfortable as possible yeah and and you did that and and uh it, it, he passed away in your lap with us both patting him and i you prepared me as it was happening what was going to happen because you you just you you had that intuition you just knew this is this is it like he's this is what's going to happen this could take hours this could be quick it could only take a few minutes we don't know but this is what's he's he's in the final stages he's 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 going and thankfully you prepare, prepared me for that because I, I i knew it was coming i knew what what his what was going to happen what his body was going to do and that kind of thing but it was still just so it was just hard because i've never i've never seen that i've never experienced that even relatives that passed away i saw them after the fact i've never been right there when a life is just goes i've never i've never seen it all this time in my life i've never seen it so it was just very like emotional for me. I was I I'm I'm not ashamed to admit it. I was crying. Like I cried the next day. Still, you know, it was just I was very just down about it. And but you also didn't like prepare yourself. I did not. I because I was I'm very optimistic. I I like to uh I I I was telling myself, "No, he's going to get better. He's going to get better. He'll he'll start drinking again. He's just not feeling well. He'll He'll start drinking some water. You know, we're giving him all these different foods that we're buying and trying to feed him and giving him all these different things. I'm like, he, something, will, something will click. He'll, we're loving him. We're patting him all the time. We're right next to him. We're making sure, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll come around. He'll come around. And then he, he, it, I kind of knew that it was probably the day before he passed. I kind of knew this isn't looking good now, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't mentally prepare myself. I didn't give myself enough time for it. And yeah, just, I, I was really surprised how hard it hit me and how just overcome with emotion and sadness I was. It was like, oh my gosh. It, you know, so, I mean, now I can talk about it and, it and it's been a couple of days, but it's still like, wow, like just, just incredible how, how hard it hit me. You know, so and one of the interesting things that I mentioned to you was death is a lot like birth. When you're giving birth, it can be really short and quick and easy, or it can be really long, drawn out, painful. And death is kind of the same way. You can have like a boom, quick death, or it can be very long. And, and that was kind of unfortunately in my meme suffering from dementia and, and it was long and you know unfortunately she was suffering so I feel grateful that she's not suffering anymore but it's just really interesting when you kind of look at it I always look at death as a new beginning of something it's just a new cycle and then while our kitty was literally dying in my hands um it just hit me it's like wow it's very similar, like birth and death. And yeah, it, it's like they both have a purpose, you know, and it's yeah. not always easy, but it, it is a, it is purposeful. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
the the following day because we you know he passed and everything and uh it was it was weird too like there was a a point where before he stopped breathing like he was still you know you could still see him breathing where in his eyes it just looked like he wasn't there anymore he looked up at us first like he lifted his head yeah and both looked at us that's our other cat caterwauling <laughs> we just fed her too she wants to give her two cents about Junior, apparently. Wow. So um, he actually looked up at us. And then after that, he kind of put his head back down. And I felt like he was saying goodbye. Because after that, yeah. it felt like he was gone. So even though his body was still breathing and his heart was still beating, I felt like his soul had, yeah. had passed. Yeah. And and it looked like in his eyes, it just it looked like it was it was like it wasn't the same. Yeah. So yeah, that I, I spark kind of, of life. I kind of feel the same way that that, yeah. and I, I I even mentioned it to you when I was like, I don't, I think he's gone. I don't think he's there anymore. Just you know, I mean, he was still breathing, mm-hmm. but it was yeah, it was just the body just going through the, the final stages. Uh, so after after he passed, we, you know, put him in a in a, in a nice blanket, uh, a, a little. What was it like a little cushion kind of thing that we, yeah like a little bed we, we made little like a little kitty coffin for him and everything yeah and and we placed him downstairs in our basement because it's cold down there and everything and we were gonna you know we wanted to give him a proper burial and everything and that night it snowed and so the next morning I went outside to shovel and we have like a walkout basement and there is there were kitty footprints that started at the door our walkout door that were walking away from the door and walking away from our house and i looked at them and i'm i'm still as if like the basement door had opened and from and inside from inside footprints and i'm just looking at them and i was obviously down i was sad and everything and just thinking about it and i'm looking at them and i'm going what is that? Is that, could that be, no, like, is that a spirit? What? And then of course I'm, I'm thinking my, my logical brain takes over and I go, well, it's probably like the neighbor's cat or something, but it was just weird that the footprints started at the door, at the door, walking away from the house. There weren't any footprints coming up to the door and then stopping and turning around and walking away. They were just there. So it was just very peculiar. And very interesting. And so what we had done was we'd made, like you said, we made the little kitty coffin and we'd, uh, uh, we'd close the top of it and put some tape just to make sure that it didn't go flying open or anything like that. And I never opened it again. I never looked at him again because I, in my mind, I want to remember him and I want to think of him as that was him walking away and leaving and just going off to the, you know, wherever he's going off to. And we buried him the following day and you know, we gave him a proper burial and everything and laid his body to rest in, in a good place. Yep. So, and, and then, uh, today I actually was at my meme's funeral. Um, so it was the week of burying our dead. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, you know, there was something really interesting that I wanted to bring up. 
because my family is Catholic and I was raised Catholic and at the church today, the Catholic church, some things really stuck out to me and I kind of, I wanted to share it a little bit. Now, this is the first time you'd been in church in a long time, right? In years, we'll say? Yeah, years. Okay. Years. I've brought up how I feel about organized religion and I'm not a fan, but um, I'm in the church and I look and, you know, we're in the front because we're family and well, first they put like they drape this like kind of sheet over the casket and it's white and it has like this purple line going down the middle of it with like gold. It was hard to see what it was, but like some kind of gold emblem throughout it. And I'm like, huh, purple. Interesting. And then the priests, they have their white robes and it's purple, that same thing that was on that sheet, the purple line going down. And I look up and as you're in the pews in the front, straight ahead, where the priests talk up above on the wall is this huge stained glass window. And it, I think it's supposed to be like Mary and then like other people And then, like, there's smaller windows below with other people. I really don't know who they are. And I just noticed all the purple. Like, so many of them are in purple. And it really stood out because human vibration was on. And we talked about the color of illusion, purple. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to them. And I'm just thinking, it's an illusion. They're they're church what they do it's an illusion of being spiritual so it it, it was just really interesting and I I don't care if I piss anyone off but it was like the priest has a house on the property it's freaking huge there was like couple there one's driving like a really nice car and I'm just thinking like that's where all the money goes to so they can have a nice house and a nice car like I thought priests were supposed to live like a humble life of you know not poverty but they seem pretty comfortable, you know, in my old hometown. So I I just found that really interesting. And then I did a reading and the priest talked about, like the priest, one of the priests read something in the story about a wedding and a group of virgins went to go to the celebration and they all had their lamps, but only some of them remembered to bring oil for the lamp. And so When they got there, they were waiting for the bride and groom to show up to celebrate inside the hall, and it started getting dark. And so some of the people who didn't bring the lamp, the oil for the lamp, asked the others, oh, the wise ones, as they said, could we borrow some oil so we can light our lamps? And they said, oh, no, because we don't have enough and we could run out and made them go to town to a merchant. While those people were in town, the bride and groom showed up. Everyone went into the hall, the banquet hall, to celebrate. They closed the doors and locked it behind them. And then the other ones, when they came back, couldn't get in. And so the priest goes on to talk about how it's not because they don't want to share and they don't want to be kind. It's because that oil is their grace. It's a metaphor. And you can't give other people your grace. It's not yours to give. And he's like, and that's why we go to Mass. And that's, you know, like all the propaganda of organized religion. And I'm just sitting there thinking, well, no, if, if, if it's a metaphor for your grace, then that's your inner light. 
And yeah, you can't give others your inner light, but you can shine yours so brightly that it lights the way for others and it gives them comfort and light when they need it. So you can't give it, but you can share it. And I just, I I kind of disagreed (laughs) there, but yeah, (laughs) I I was just like, okay, okay, got a point, got a point, propaganda, got a point here, got a point here, propaganda. And it's just, again, shows me that, yeah, they have some truth in their messages, but it's lined with their propaganda. And yeah, I just don't have a place for that. Well, that's how, I mean, that's how most stuff like that works, right? You, you have to have some truth, something that makes sense, something that resonates, and then you insert your little propaganda to steer people where you want them to go. But you use some truth or some things that make sense that they can relate to, and then you, you use that information to suck them in, and then you steer them where you want them to go. I mean, that's that's the whole racket of religion, no matter what you, you practice or, or believe or... And I'm just going to, I don't know. I'm going to vent a little because this really bent my frame. Go for it. So this, the, the mass is ending. Now, my mama gave a lot of money to the church. She was very devout Catholic. She was always volunteering, you know, when she could until she got older and could no longer volunteer. But she did so much for the church. And as the mass is ending, the priest says, oh, and I just want to make a quick announcement we have another funeral coming at noon. So if everyone could please leave quickly so we can be out of here for the next people coming in. And I'm just thinking like, this is, this is how you end her mass. Get the, get the fuck out. Cause we got more people coming in. You couldn't have timed that better. This, this is how you, you treat somebody like their family and, and the, the memory of this person. Like, Oh, sorry, get the grieving. fuck out of here. Yeah. Cause you know, we got, we got more people coming in. You couldn't have scheduled it 30 minutes later. Yeah. So it just, again, further points out what a crock of shit it all is. Yeah. And I told you this. Uh, I was raised Greek Orthodox and that I never noticed that happening. I never heard of anything like that happening when I would go to church. I, uh, you know, and I went to several funerals and it, that never occurred. It was always... Whoever wanted to speak got to speak. It was very respectful of, of the person that passed and of their family that's still there. And it was never rushed or anything like that. And even, uh, I told you, uh, I, I don't know if it's like this uh, in with Catholic, with the Catholic religion or not, but in the Greek Orthodox Church, they'll do a 40-day uh, memorial, uh, like a remembrance type. I, I, I'm like a sorry. Celebration of life. A, a, a kind of, I, I don't think it's called that though, but it's like a 40 day memorial, something along those lines. I'm not wording it properly. I apologize. And, and it's basically uh, the, the, the family members or friends that want to come in and remember and pay respect again to their, the lost loved one will come in and, you know, there's some words that are said again and it's, it happens at the end of the actual Sunday mass. So it, the, the normal mass will take place and then the regular, sun, you know, that, that part of the mass, the memorial service will take place right after. But the people who are there for regular Sunday mass that maybe were not close to or didn't know the person that passed, they all stay for the most part. They all stay and it's not rushed. It's very 
I, I, respectful, I guess is the, is for lack of a better word. And, and so when you told me that today, I was very surprised by that because it's just very, it's, it's just funny how different the two are. They're similar in the, in what they believe and that kind of thing, but I've just, never experienced uh, that at a funeral before at yeah, the church. It's just very, it's, it was, it's very interesting. And again, Greek Orthodox priests are allowed to marry and have children and, and that kind of thing. So, and, and from all the priests, I, I mentioned this to you earlier, all the priests that I ever met that went through that church, probably uh, three that I can remember, and I'm sure more since I've gone, it's been years, but all very nice, very kind, knew everybody's name, got to know the, the their parishioners. And, and that might be the case there, but I just felt like, is it necessary to do that? Like, everyone's ready to leave. We have to go to the cemetery now. I, I just felt that that was unnecessary to throw that in there at the end. Now, let me ask you this. I feel like it's unprofessional and, that's, and unchristlike. And that, hey, and that's and that's a, that's, that's fair. Yeah. It's fair to have that viewpoint. You're entitled to it. And, and I get why you feel that way. I'm sure other people felt that way, too. But let me ask you this. Just, just keeping the conversation going a bit. What if... There are so many people, maybe for whatever reason, that pass away, and there are so many. There's only so much time in a day, obviously, and you have to. You you're now forced, maybe, uh, to have uh, several services in a row, and you're forced, unfortunately, to keep them to keep it kind of moving so that everybody gets their time. Then that's you something that I mean? should be discussed with the family. And people should be made aware beforehand instead of an announcement by the priest that feels like you're getting kicked out. That, and that's that's a fair criticism. I'm just I'm just asking because that's our thought came across my mind. What if they had one after another? But it's like, okay, well, how late can you go till? Do you not work past certain hours? Last time I checked, God is twenty four seven. Fair enough. You got to get back fair. to your really big nice house. I'm not. I'm again. I'm not trying on the hill. to. You're you're absolutely entitled to that, and, and 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 I feel like it's justified. But again, just not knowing all the information, that's 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 all. That's why I'm saying maybe you know if there's unfortunately a, a number of people that passed away, and you have to, and they're all people that went to the church, and you have to get these services in because obviously you can't wait weeks to schedule out a funeral. No, and but, I, but I still think that's a conversation that you have with the family that the family members fair. are that's made aware. Fair. Even the guests are made aware, you know, like, hey, kind of spread the word. We got to get out. They have something else going on. But to do it like as an announcement at the end, it felt like a low kick. Okay. That's, yeah, totally fair. I just felt it it was kind of disrespectful. That's yeah, all. that's yeah, totally fair. Totally fair. So I tell you what, before we uh, go any further, why don't we take a quick break? Sure. We'll come right back and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get into another discussion. Sounds good. All right. Hearers, watchers. Homewreckers. Like what you're hearing or watching so far and want even more Homewrecker content? Then check us out on Supercast, where you can get more exclusive bonus content, starting for as little as $5 a month. You'll get more of the content you love and also have access to exclusive episodes, listener-requested shows, watch-alongs, AMAs, plus special deals on Homewrecker Podcast merchandise and more. Visit homewreckerpodcast.supercast.com to sign up or click the link in our show notes. 
We really appreciate your support. We do. So hit pause and go check out homewreckerpodcast.supercast.com right now. Or click the link in the show notes. Thanks. Thanks. All right. We are back. So we're lying in bed the other night and I'm talking to you and I'm saying to you, you remember like read growing up and you're hearing stories like reading the Bible and they were, they were talking about people that used to live to be like 900 years old, right? And like 700 years old, you'd hear all these stories. People used to live to be hundreds of years old. And then of course that gets in modern day pop culture. We have like vampires live to be hundreds of years old and that like that well, mythology, right. But that mythology like kind of turned into that, right. Morphed into that, you could say. So I was thinking what, was that real? Do we think, do we think that people really could live that long? Do we really think people could maybe live to, to be hundreds of years old? And really, who who's to say, right? Because obviously we weren't around. We just have words in a, on on a page and th- that have been passed down from generation to generation. So, have pe- could people live to be that long? So, I thought it would be kind of interesting if we maybe kind of talked about that a little bit. And 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 really, if it was the case, why all of a sudden did we go from living to be as as many as 900 years old to all of a sudden now life expectancy. I think last I saw was like 78, I believe, uh, for women and like 73 or 72 for men. And I'm sure that number is going to go down now because of all the stuff that's happening in the world. I'm not sure if you knew. There was some weird thing going on that's, you know, media-driven. Uh, anyway... Uh, I have no idea what you're not, not going. I, I don't want to get into that now, but yeah. So I, I thought it was kind of interesting. And I, and I was thinking while, while we're sitting there talking, I'm like, what if we're, we're born perfect, right? We're, we're born totally perfect. And we, we, we've talked about before the power of the mind and the power of the subconscious mind and the power of belief and, and, uh, just the thoughts that we put into our mind and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Mind over matter. Exactly. And, we, and we, we've all heard stories of things, you know, people doing incredible things, incredible feats of strength, incredible physical feats, just because they believed they could or, or in that moment they, they didn't, they they didn't think and they felt they had, right, like the woman lifting the car and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing, right? Uh, and and uh, like I've read uh, of, of people who have fasted for a year, and ate nothing, just drank one cup of coffee a day and drank water and didn't eat any food at all. Uh, there was a, a gentleman who did that, and it was because he was tired of not being able to lose weight. This guy was an uh, overweight gentleman. He was in the UK. He was tired of not being able to lose weight. He tried dieting and everything, and nothing worked. All these different diets, exercise plans, nothing worked. So he finally said, hell with it, I'm not going to eat. I'm just done. I'm not going to eat anything. And people told me he was crazy. He's going to die and this and that. He didn't die. He was fine. He lost like 150 pounds. And then he broke his 368-day fast. He broke his fast with one over-easy egg. That's what he ate. And then he just ate very little from that point on. He lived to be like 85, 90 years old, this guy. But... We hear all these stories. We have all these 
expectations, all these things that are put down that we read, that our minds are inundated us. with, and we get these limitations put on us. I mean, I'm sure you hear all the time, you can only live uh, three days without food or, or three days without water, whatever it is, whatever all these things that you hear, and, and it immediately it gets planted in your mind. So you're automatically now, anytime you get hungry, you're like, oh, I got to eat because I can only, well, human body can only go three days without food or whatever the nonsense is, right? But it's all these limitations are put on us. So what I was thinking was, what if we're born perfect? We know we are. For the most part, if you're born healthy, you're perfect. Then you get inoculations, you get whatever else, right? All these things that immediately you get bombarded with that are not natural, that are not something that was around hundreds of years ago. chemical-filled foods. Right. You have chemicals in the air that are getting sprayed on us. Uh, radiation from Wi-Fi, from cell towers, all Microwaves. these, all these things that are that are now inundating the human body. So, is that why now we cannot live as long because of that? And is it possible that maybe we still could, if we thought it and we believed it, could we still live to be maybe not nine hundred years old, but hundred and I always joke around and I always say I'm going to live to be well, 150. I don't, I don't think you're joking. I believe you. I mean, I, I always say it because I want it to happen. I want I want it to come true. I believe you. And I say, well, then I'm going to have to live to be 147. <laughs> <laughs> but I always say, and I, and I joke to my kids all the time. Uh, they always say, why do you exercise so much? Why are you always working out? Well, because, and I and I told him because when I'm 90 years old and this this was this is kind of a funny rib that I played on myself, I, I always say, I said when I'm 90 years old and and you come up to me or your friends come up to me or anybody comes up and says hey Alex how you doing I don't want to say a word I just want to drop down to the floor and start doing pushups and I and I, I said I just want to do this and I drop down like just from a standing position drop down and to do pushups and I hurt my elbow when I did it <laughs> as I'm showing my kids I'm like God damn it. But, but I said, but that's what I want to do because I don't want to say I'm doing great. I want to show people I'm doing great. And, and, and that's, but that's, that's the thing. That's how I, 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 I'm always thinking about this stuff. I'm always reading about this kind of stuff. I'm always trying to practice these, these different things and try to impart them on our children as well. Because health, I, I feel if you keep the body healthy and you keep the mind healthy, why can't you live to be 150? Why not? I feel like it's the training who says body, you mind, can't? spirit. Exactly. Who, yeah. who says you can't? So I thought it'd be interesting to, to kind of maybe discuss some of this. And we looked up a couple of things and, and we did a little bit of research. Uh, but I thought it'd be kind of an interesting discussion to have. Yeah, no, you brought it up and I'm like, that's a really good thought. Because all I thought about was, I feel like since we're kids, we're just told our limitations. Exactly. It's all of, you know, you can only do this or you can't do this. Like, I never had somebody be like, you can live to 150 or 200 or 500 if you want. Never heard anyone say that because the truth is, if somebody was saying that, they'd be ridiculed. Like, oh yeah, gosh, you really believe that? Of but course. But it's just like, it, it makes me think about how, as a parent, how important it is to stop putting limitations on your kids. And, and you know, be like, oh, well, you can only do this much or you can only do this or you can only do that. Why? Just be like, you can do whatever you believe you can. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, and, and I feel that's very important too. That's why I we always tell our children that do whatever you want to do. And if they ever say, "Well, I can't do that," I go, "You're right. You can't because you just said you, said you, you just p- imposed that limitation on yourself. Mm-hmm. So turn that around. Say, "I can't do that right now, but I will learn how to, or I'll practice so that I can do it, or I'm not good at that right now." And that's how I try to. I've tried to help them to reframe the way they word things because words are powerful, right? Yes. Words put an S in front of words. Swords that. They get us with words all the time, don't they? With propaganda on, on, on the news. In the church. In the church, yeah. We're always bombarded with words, so we need to be careful how mm-hmm. we talk to ourselves. Yes. So, yeah, it's just reframing that and, and just instead of saying I can't, say I can't do it right now, but I'm going to. I want to, so I will work and be able to eventually. And I will. And I will, exactly. And so all that kind of stuff, I know we're getting a little bit... <laughs> I mean, getting that positive mindset ready. Yeah, but you you, you have to. You have to. Uh, So what did you find when you were looking at some of this stuff? Like we both looked up to see uh, in the Bible, right? You got you got some of those figures. Yeah. So you had said all these people in the Bible live to be really old. And I'm just like, okay. And I'm thinking, I don't remember any of that. Really? Because I remember that as a kid. And I remember saying, well, why can't we? live that long now why are we all because i remember and i've spoken about this on the show before when i was younger i used to get afraid of dying i used to have this fear of death because i would hear like read these stories this guy lived to be 600 and whatever years old and this one lived to be 900 years old and and i was saying well but now like why are we dying at 65 and 70 and everything because i remember uh growing up i my my grandparents lived in greece but uh, I had a next door neighbor who I called my Nena. And uh, so she was like my grandmother here in America. But she was just a neighbor, wasn't related to the family in any way, but was just a sweet lady who treated us like her grandchildren. She was awesome. And her husband, uh, his name was John, and uh, we called him Bumpy. And he passed away when I was like eight years old. And I remember just being like, obviously seeing how sad she was and everything. And then us being sad, myself, my brother, uh, being sad too, because he was awesome. He was a great guy. And just having that loss and just thinking, that was the first time I ever, ha- ever had to experience any any kind of a person that I knew passing away. And I got afraid of it and just thinking, why couldn't he live to be 900 years old? Does that mean that my mom and dad are going to die when they're 65 70 years old is that what that means like why can't they live to be that old and nobody could tell me why nobody nobody had an answer for me nobody could tell me why adam in the bible lived to be 900 and was it 22 years old 900 930 years old nobody could tell me why he could do that nobody could tell me there's no there was no answers so that's that's when I started to really question things because it's like, okay, well, you're telling us this, but you can't answer a simple, you can't answer a question from an eight-year-old. Your answer is, I don't know. Okay. Like, you're supposed to, you're the adult. You're supposed to have the answers, you know, but nobody had answers for me. Well, I don't even remember any of that. So I was like, I'm going to have to look this stuff up because I have no idea. <laughs> so I looked it up. And yes, in Genesis 5-5, it says, Adam 
lived 930 years. Wow. Genesis 5.8 said that Seth lived 912 years. And Genesis 5.27 said Methuselah lived 969 years. You know what's really interesting about those numbers? All divisible by three. So 930 comes to 12, 2 plus 1 is 3. Not divisible, but like numerology. Seth lived 912, 9, 1 and 2 make 3. 9 plus 3 is 12, 2 plus 1 is 3. Methuselah lived to 969 years old. No, they are all divisible by three. Yeah, but I also meant like it breaks down in numerology, all breaks down to three. Yeah, yeah. And I just, looking at those numbers now, that just clicked in. I find wow. that interesting. That is interesting. And then if you look like huh. at those three, 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 interesting. Yeah. Huh. So that makes me wonder too, like did, so that, that again, there lies the question was, is that really how long they lived or is that part of the storytelling mechanism that was used in the numbers? Like you just saw, which I never, I didn't even pick up on that. But yeah, looking at them now, like you said, yeah, everything, even in numerology that it's three, it all breaks down, it to, all three. Breaks down to three and then yeah, three, three, three. Very, and, very interesting. And so I question like, okay, well, what was the calendar like back then? And I did find on an article, somebody talking about it and they, they questioned perhaps their year was a moon cycle, not, you know, a cycle of the earth orbiting the sun. And so I thought that as instead well. of 12 months, they went by one month. Yeah. But somebody did the math and they said that would bring Adam down to 77 years old at the time of his death. Which would make sense. But it also meant he would have fathered his son Seth at the age of 11. Uh, and Enoch okay. would have only been five years old when he fathered Methuselah. A five-year-old. Does a five-year-old even have the right internal equipment capabilities <laughs> to do that huh i don't think so so yeah so it's like to say well it's a month that doesn't quite work out mathematically but one could question what calendar are they using but i question is this here do all of these people live long to kind of point something out to us Enos lived to be 905 years old. Kenan lived to be 910 years old. Enoch was 365, but he did not die of natural causes. Noah was 950 years old. And that's when the flood occurred. And after Noah, for the most part, age, everything goes down from 600 years to four, in the 400s down to the 200s into like the 100s and it looks like the youngest being Jacob dying at 147 years old still respectable numbers yeah <laughs> compared to what you know what we have now mm -hmm. now one article I looked at because a, a few articles I looked at when they talked about this brought up the flood and it was after the flood that the age they weren't living as long and one thing I saw a couple times posted was they mentioned something about where they lived, they had a canopy protecting them from the sun and the flood caused damage to the canopy and therefore they were exposed to the harmful rays of the sun. And I'm like, 
I smell bullshit on that. I, yeah, I can't. I'll, I can't take that as. <laughs> I yes. might call bullshit on that one too. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't know how I feel. I don't vibe with that. I think you came across something interesting. I came across a lot of things interesting. Yeah, why don't you share that? Okay, so are we talking about the 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 flood? Is is that what you're referring to? Just why the age change? Why they went from 900? You know what was the oldest 969 years old to going down to 147. So supposedly after the flood, after the great flood, one of the theories is that the water that was above the the firmament was uh, there was more water above the firmament that was opened and released, and that's when we had the great flood. And after that, it it kind of messed with the topography. It messed with the natural order of things so that it was a little bit more chaotic. It was not as conducive to human life as it had been prior to the flood. So essentially the sin, all the things that happen, all these stories that we we read about in the Bible that you hear about that caused God to say enough, Noah build an ark, take two of everything and, Get on there, and, and, and I'm wiping it all out. you, you got to start everything over again when it all settles. Uh, after When that happened, and, and I mean, every religion has a great flood story of some kind. So it's, it's kind of accepted, I guess you could say, that something happened. We don't know exactly what because nobody was there. None of us were there. But we every culture has some kind of a great flood story. So something happened at some point. We were we're kind of led to believe, right? So that's the theory is that lifespans dropped significantly because the topography, the atmosphere, everything changed because the water that was up above in the firmament, a a great amount of it was released down and just, it, it just messed with everything. I guess my question with that is if the water came from there, did it have to come from there if it was going to mess with everything? Is that what God wanted? Or because couldn't he just make water? He's God. Make water? He had it up there. He, I know, he, but, so did, put it down. but did he have to do that and mess with everything? Was that done on purpose? Didn't they say it rained for 40 days and 40 nights? Yeah. So where do you think the rain came from? God could have made it. Where do you think it came from? God. He just sprinkled his fingers and where do you think it came down. from? It came from the firmament. That's where all the additional water, where it rained for so long. Because even I now, get what even you're now, saying. I'm just saying, did it have to come from there? Couldn't God have? I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm I telling know. you the story for crying out just loud. Just bringing I don't up know. points. I'm trying to bring up counterpoints. What kind of counterpoint is that? Couldn't God make it? Yeah, He made the water that was in the firmament too, and He let it go. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> what kind of counterpoint? Sounds lazy to me, what God. Kind of, oh my! Oh, that's blasphemous. <laughs> Take that back right now, damn it. I take nothing back. Uh, nothing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Goodness. Th- that that was one theory of why lifespans went down. The other theory, and, and that was something that I actually thought of many years ago was, maybe it was like what you said, there's just the way they, they looked at years was different. The way they calculated years was different. So maybe they lived to be the same age as, you know, average age as, as we do today. But it was just the calendar and the years were calculated differently. So it was hundreds of years was really like they lived to be 55 or 60. But, but 
to them it was hundreds of years. But I mean, and that's that's what a lot of people have have theorized and hypothesized. But again, we don't know. Nobody nobody has any answers. We just have beliefs and and stories that have been passed down. You brought up another theory. Oh, are you going to get to that? What was the other theory I brought up? The one that you told me before. Which about one? About the closest closeness to God, Adam. Oh yes. Adam lived to be that old and, and his, his direct descendants lived to be that old because they were the first creation. So they were as close to perfect as could be because they were the first. So they haven't been, their bodies have not been corrupted by pathogens, bacteria, that whatever is maybe would not be conducive to a healthy, perfect human form. So when Adam and Eve sinned, when they ate the fruit from the forbidden tree, whatever whatever story you want to believe, whenever they sinned, whenever they went against God's wishes, that sin is what started to corrupt the human body, started to corrupt the DNA, so to speak. And so now, instead of doing what they were instructed to do when they were put on the earth, they were doing other things because they bit that forbidden apple. They did what they weren't supposed to do. So now that they did that, now they had tasted sin. And so now they were sinning more, meaning, and again, that word sin has such a, it's, well, it's a negative, negative connotation because it's a negative thing, right? Uh, But, they, so they're so they eat the Eve eats the apple first. Okay, so now she eats the apple. So now what are they? Now what else do they do? What else do they go out and do? Are they going out and eating something else they shouldn't be eating? Are they maybe do I don't know whatever it is they sinned more, and sin could be anything. It's just anything that goes against what God said initially to them, and so that slowly starts to deteriorate the DNA. So maybe they could have lived to be thousands of years old, but they only got to nine hundred. He only got to nine hundred thirty, because. But Methuselah lived to nine hundred sixty nine. Jared lived to nine hundred sixty two. Noah lived to nine hundred fifty. Okay, but they were also closer to God, right? They did His will, like Noah. Noah was the one that God chose to build the ark and take two of every animal, right? Noah was close to God. He did he did the what he thought or or what he was told to do or he stayed true to what he he was instructed to do. If you believe the story. What did Methuselah do? I'm not familiar. I I don't know. I I'm not either. See I again. I want to like I want to chart out because again, I'm not familiar. I want to chart out like a family tree for everybody on here and try to do like a tree to see like is it just okay. from Adam? Each like each person, one well, after another, well, that goes down. Well, he's the first. Yeah. So yeah, of course he's going to be the first. What do you mean? Is it just from him? Of course it's just from him. No, he's no, no, the no. first. No, I mean like from him. Is it going down? So like each person, after like a certain point, then the numbers drop. It's oh, like kind of grouped age, and then as we go down a few more generations. Hey, go for it. Have fun with that. I'm curious. Go nuts. Uh, but no, that that essentially that's what that theory is, is that Adam was the first, they sinned, so slowly 
it started to deteriorate and that's why the ages started to go down because people were starting to get further and further away from what they were supposed to do. They started to sin more. They started to maybe eat things they shouldn't have been eating, doing things they shouldn't have been doing, acting the way they shouldn't have been acting. And that's what happened. Hmm. You're making faces over here like... Acting the way they shouldn't have been acting. I don't know. Look, this is the theory. I don't know. I wasn't there. But there are other people... I'm not going to say it's not true. There's I'm a, not going to say it is true. I don't know. This is the story. There's other people aside from biblical biblical figures yes. who allegedly lived to be hundreds or thousands of years old. Thousands of years? Thousands. I said thousands. Yes. You've got thousands. I want to hear this because I didn't find this in my research. So some different myths in Greece. Okay. Well, these are myths. Well, stories. You could say the Bibles. Bible stories or myths. And, and anybody that reads the Bible or is a or is a religious practitioner or anything, I mean no disrespect. I've never since I was a kid, I've not I haven't read the Bible. I if I'm not you ask me what Methuselah do, I don't know because I I've never studied it. So I don't mean any disrespect when I say I don't know something. Uh and I don't mean to anybody to, to think I'm throwing shade at you if you believe a certain thing. That's not it at all. This is just my personal experience and my thoughts and my my feelings. But I, I mean no disrespect to anybody, and, and neither does she. Or do Speak you? for yourself. No, okay. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. I, I, Maybe, I, have a, I, I take it back. I have she a does. thought I, I want to bring up at the end, so just remind Gosh. me for my thought. Um, so in Greece, Tiresias, the blind seer of Thebes, lived to be over 600 years old. You said thousands. That's I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Nestor lived over 300 years, and members of the series, spelled S-E-R-E-S, lived to be over 300 years old. Again, hundreds. Where's okay. the thousands oh you're talking God. about? Oh, my God. Let me get there. In Korea, Dangun, the first ruler of Korea, is said to have been born in 2333 BCE and to have died in 425 BCE at the age of 1,000. 908 years old. That's Korea, you said? In Korea. That's a Korean. Okay. Now, anybody that's from Korea that may be listening, again, I mean no disrespect. I'm going to call BS on that one, though. Only because that's a culture that, again, we're told, we are told that their culture very heavily propaganda, right? All their rulers and leaders... They're they're told are like the even supreme beings. I don't know. Back what do you mean, even back then? If they're doing it now, you don't think they were doing it back then? Back in the BC time, I don't know. You don't think that they would have? They would say back then this person lived to be this this old because they want the current leader. You don't want people to, because they don't want people because they want. I can't talk because they want people to think the current leader is also going to be living that long. I don't know. Then Sumerian, there were um, the earliest eight Sumerian kings apparently lived to be 30, let me see. So the way they did their years were in units and fractions of Shar, which were 3,600 years. And they totaled it to 67 Shar, which come out to 241,200. And it says that, there were three kings recorded to have reigned 72,000 years together. 
And one was for 43,200 years, and the other were 36,000 years each. And I'm like, that's a really, really long time for one king to have reigned. I don't know. That's interesting, Sumeria. That seems like a really long time. Yeah. But I did say <laughs> thousands, so that's where I got yeah. it from. 36,000 years? Good for them. Wow. That's yeah. a, yeah. Maybe they use oil of Olay. Who knows? Oil, <laughs> oil of Olay. All right. Well, I've got a couple more yeah. we can get into, but before we, we do that, uh, can we just take a quick break? Sure thing. Is that cool? All right, let's do that. We'll be right back. Many people are unaware just how much hypnotherapy can help them or think it's only to help lose weight or quit smoking. But there is so much more hypnotherapy can do. It can help with stress anxiety, insomnia, phobias, performance enhancement, connecting with your spirit guides and higher self. You can even discover past lives and your life between lives. Heal traumas, break habits, find your deepest truth, or just have fun discovering who you really are, all from the comfort of your home. I'm Monique Pliakis. I'm a certified hypnotherapist, and I want to help you. Schedule a free consult by going to www.innerstandingshypnosis.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-S-T-A-N-D-I-N-G-S-H-Y-P-N-O-S-I-S.com. Innerstandings Hypnosis. Find your power and ignite your inner light. We are back. Yes. Let's get into this. Okay, so I was able to find some other things, uh, some other people that have lived to be hundreds of years old, not in the Bible, but actually some more recent stuff, believe it or not. So the Guinness Book of, uh, of World Records, I think the oldest living person was like 121 years old, and I believe it was a woman. I, I was actually talking about this with our with our oldest son earlier, and I said, you know what? Okay, it's the Guinness Book of World Records, but that doesn't mean that that's that's it just because it's in this book that's it no one can be older than that ever or nobody's Don't ever you lived have to older apply than that. to be in it yeah you I, I forget the exact thing but you've got to like contact them you have to have like some kind of a record to show it so like say i wanted to do push-ups and get the break the world record for push-ups whatever that is i would have to have an official from guinness last i checked you have to have like an official from there or somebody representing them to witness you do it or you have to like record it or something. There's like all kinds of different things you have to do to get into this book. Okay. Awesome. If that's what you want to do, great. But they have like 121 years as the oldest living person. Fair enough. But what I was saying to our son was, look, there's people that may have lived longer that lived in rural areas or villages where they didn't keep records, where... Those people could have lived to be 140 or 150 years old. Who knows? And there was actually an area in Russia where there are, there are residents there who are said to have lived to be over 170 years old. And there's pictures of them still working in the fields, still doing manual labor at 170 years old. Now, to be fair, there's no documented proof that they're 170 years old, but it's because there were no records kept. But everybody that's there that's alive accepts that they've been around that long. 
are they? Were they? I mean, who knows? We don't know. But those are stories that that, that still to this day they say, you know, these people are still alive. They're still well. They're still working. When asked what their secret is, one man said, manual labor. Get up every day and I work. And I'm in no rush. I take my time. I'm in no rush. That's something I think that adds <laughs> to like our exhaustion in life. We're always in a rush. We got so much work to do. We don't like we're so stressed out because we can't get away from work. Remember like growing up in the 80s, you had your home phone. And if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and you were out, like that was it. Unless they knew where you were going, they had no way of getting a hold of you. Yeah. So if work wanted to call because they had some questions that they didn't feel like waiting until the next day to bother you with, too bad. They couldn't call you. Now, oh, I'll just text them. I'll call them on their cell phone. I don't care if they're out to dinner with their family. I'm going to interrupt them. That's the life we live in. We have social media. We have email. We have all this stuff that goes on 24-7. And people are expected to be a part of that and answer. I can tell you from having an Etsy shop, so many people who sell on Etsy, one of the biggest complaints is that customers forget that we have to sleep. So if you message us in the middle of the night and we're sleeping and we don't get back to you right away because we're sleeping, it's not because we're ignoring you. It's because we're sleeping. But because of time differences, people don't take those things into account. And people will aggressively message saying, why aren't you getting back to me? Why aren't you answering my question? And it's like, well, we shouldn't have to be working at a drop of a hat just because somebody wants us to work. But we do that. So the fact you said, or the fact that this guy said that he takes his time. Yeah. and, and I, I bet I, he does a good job taking his time too. I'm sure he does. And, and that's a, that's another reason why I kind of try to remove myself from social media and interacting and all that kind of stuff. Uh, anybody that's listening, if uh, I haven't returned your call or your text or it takes me a while to get back to you, that's why. Because I don't want to be glued to my phone. I don't want to be doing that kind of stuff. I feel like it's an undue, unneeded, unnecessary stress. Now, maybe it's not like a, 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 a really taxing stress per se, like hitting a deadline at work or something like that, but it's still a stress that I really don't need. It's not necessary. Mm -hmm. I don't need to put undue added stress in my life. We all have stress. If I can eliminate even the tiniest bit to lighten my load, to make me feel better, I'm going to. And so I feel like everybody should do that. Figure out where can I alleviate some stress and do so. You know, one of my, the biggest like uh, life hacks that I figured out several years ago was when I turned notifications off on my phone. And I pissed a lot of people off when I did that because I wasn't returning messages. I wasn't doing a lot of things, but... I tell you what, I stopped looking at my phone every two seconds too. Yeah, because you got bad. You were like always on your phone. It's like, okay, let's go to bed. And he'd be downstairs for an hour. I was. Because he's looking on his phone. Yeah, I was. First thing I, in the morning, looking on the phone. Yeah, and I got now I'm like complete opposite. Now I'm like, 
very rarely do I pick up my phone to look at it. I If I have my phone up, it's because I'm doing, looking up something for our, our, our kids, something with school related for them, with their lessons, or I'm putting on a podcast or some music to listen to. That's it. I try to stay off the social media. I'll go on there once in a while and I'll, you know, creep, maybe retweet something you tweeted or something. But I, I stay off of it because I know if I get sucked back into it, it 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 takes up yeah. a lot of my time that I don't want to give up my time to that. I'd rather have and, it for and maybe my that's, family. And maybe that's a key to long living. We've said it and even um, a previous guest, a friend of ours, Dave J, said it. Time is the most valuable thing that you have. And maybe part of it is the way we spend our time that affects our longevity in life. Could very well be. Yeah, I, I think I think absolutely that's a factor. It's got to be. It's got to be. Now, there's been all kinds of longevity studies and things like that done. And, I'm, and I, I mean, stress is one of the number one factors in people having heart attacks, right? I mean, stress, it's a killer. If you're, if you overstress yourself and you don't take time for yourself and time to decompress and uh, find out and figure out ways to alleviate that stress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to have problems. That's just common sense really. Yep. But I was looking and, and I found also not just the Russia story, but, uh, Chinese people and, and, and I've, I've read stories and heard stories over the years of monks living to be 180, 190 years old. And where, what do they do? They're monks. They live in seclusion, right? They, they, they just have their, their monastery and they, they work in their gardens. They walk, they run, they do, you know, but they're very, they live very simple lives. You hear of tribes where they'll they have many many members that live to be over a hundred years old, and why is that? Because they live very simple lives. They don't have all these modern comforts, I guess we call them comforts, but are they really comforts? Maybe they feel good, but are they good for you in the long run? You know, so it's just very interesting. But I, I. Uh, there was a book uh, by a Chinese acupuncturist called Healthy Longevity Techniques. And in his book, he wrote that, and I'm going to quote this, according to Chinese medical records, a doctor named Kui Wenze of the Qin Dynasty lived to be 300 years old. Gi Yule of the later Han Dynasty lived to be 280 years old. A high-ranking Taoist master monk, Hui Zhao, lived to be 290 years old, and Lo Zichang lived to be 180 years old. As recorded in the Chinese Encyclopedia of Materia Medica, He Nengchi of the Tang Dynasty lived to be 168 years old. A Taoist master, Li Qingyang, lived to be 250 years old. In modern times, a traditional Chinese medicine doctor, Lo Mingsheng of Sichuan province, lived to be 124 years old, end quote. So uh, the other thing that he said in his book was that the Eastern key to longevity is, quote, nourishing life, including not only physical nourishment, but also mental and spiritual nourishment. So... There you have it. Well, 
I've been that's that's modern times. Yeah, and I've been trying to study Chinese medicine, and it's all about balance. Yeah, there's different parts of us, and it's about bringing everything into balance. So if you're sick, something's out of balance, and you need to find what what you have to do to bring it back into balance. So it's um, I feel like that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and and that's and that's the great thing about. I mean, I, 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 you see, uh, people that practice, I know for, for uh, a long time there, uh, several years back, uh, uh, Tai Chi was a thing that was big on like the infomercials and stuff like that. And, and that was one of the things that it was touted as was uh, helping with longevity. And, uh, if you go to China now, I mean, I, I, I've never been, but I, I've, uh, there's a couple of people I follow who used to live in China who have residences in China, but are American citizens uh, and they have different blogs and things like that. And they'll write about different longevity practices and things that they have experienced uh, that they've seen people in China do that they themselves have taken on as practices as they age and have gotten older and that they're, they're just it over there. It's like commonplace. So the stuff that we see in our media about China and all these th- different things that are to- we're told, is it really like that? I mean, according to some people that have gone there, that have family there, that have lived there, it's not really like that. So again, you have to question what you're seeing on the TV and on social media, right? Yeah. But one of the things, and I've talked about it in previous podcasts that I learned about that was a Chinese practice was the backwards walking and walking backwards. And it's said in China that a hundred steps backwards is equivalent to a thousand steps taken forwards for your health and longevity. And I told you when I was doing it, uh, and I and I have to get back to it, but for a while there, I was doing it for a good three month stretch where I was going outside every morning in the freezing cold last year in the winter, and I was walking and I was doing my backwards walking. I do my two thousand steps. I had my my area mapped out where I knew exactly how many steps it would be and how long it would take. And then I would do some extra after that. And I told you, I felt great. My knees felt great doing that. And it, it, I got away from the practice. I, I, again, I say, I got to start back up again, but it, it works. It, there's something to it. It definitely works. It, and it's not just in the legs that I felt it, but it was also just everywhere. And just in, in breathing and, and breathing a certain way and, and, and visualizing and doing things a certain way, I felt great doing it. And there's something to that. So it, it's definitely something that they're onto something. They know some, they know some things. They've, they've done some stuff. They've, they've tried and tested it. So the question is, can people live to be 150, 170 200 years old, even older than that. I think it's absolutely possible. You just have to believe you can do it. And, and part of that is keeping balance within yourself. Yeah, it's not just believing you can do it, mm-hmm. but you have to also take care of yourself. Yeah. You can believe it all day long, but if you're stuffing your face full of cheeseburgers and, and McDonald's and, and whatever else, eh, you know, the body can only take so much. But when you put in those aspects of the Eastern medicine, having everything in balance, I feel like it's more doable. It's more realistic. Yeah. And uh, one of the things, so I I wanted to look and see 
what are some of the things that people, again, who lived to lived long lives, uh, what are some of the things that they talk about? What are some of the things they say? And, and in my previous line of work, where, where, I, where I used to work, I used to deal with a lot of different people and meet a lot of different people face to face. And I had some experiences where I would talk to some people that were older. And I remember specifically a 93-year-old woman that I talked to one time. And I remember telling you about this after it happened. And this was several years back. And I was speaking to her. She was sharp. She was quick, quick-witted, funny. And I had no idea how old she was. And I, I asked, I finally asked her, I said, do you mind if I ask you, how old are you? Because she had a lot of just around her place, a lot of just like older kind of stuff that I hadn't never seen before, like different books, different paintings and, and things and pictures. And just the pictures alone, I was like, do you mind if I ask how old you are? And she said, oh, well, I'm 93. I went, what? She, I kid you not, she didn't look 93 or what you would think a person that was 93 years old would look like. She looked like, I thought maybe 65, maybe I would have said. And and I told her that and she said, oh, bless you, son. You know, you're, that's great. Thank you so much. Oh, you, you're too kind. I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like you don't look 93 and you are, you're quick, you're sharp. You, you have a great sense of humor. We're, you know, we're having a great conversation. So I asked her, I said, do you mind if I ask what, what's your secret? Like, what, what, what do you do? And she said, I, I walk, I play tennis. Growing up, I was an athlete. I just played a lot of tennis. So I like to active. run a lot. Yeah. She was active. Uh, and she said she liked to read a lot. I said, what about your diet? Like, what do you eat and stuff? She goes, ah, you know, what everybody else eats. I don't know. Nothing too crazy. I, she, she stayed away from fast food, but she liked Dr. Pepper. So that I thought that was interesting. She liked Dr. Pepper. She goes, I like to have a Dr. Pepper every now and again. I said, oh, so you drink soda. She goes, every now and again, once in a while, I'll have a Dr. Pepper because I really like Dr. Pepper. Oh, okay. That's great. Hey, thanks. Thanks for sharing that with me. I appreciate it. Nicest lady, 93. Didn't look it, didn't act like it at all. It was, it was amazing. So, yeah, I mean, but that, that's what she said, you know, being active. That's what she said. <laughs> that's what she said. Uh, but yes, being active is, is a big part of it. The, the big thing is, is walking. Walking is a big one that I see. And a lot of people like in the rural areas where they live to be really you know, a lot of, I think the, the term is centenarians. I believe that's what it is. Century. Cause you live a century. Uh, they say just walking, being active. Uh, the other thing is eating when they eat, they don't eat a lot. They eat very, very little. So it for, I remember seeing one time somebody had a plate of food of what they ate and they were 104 or 105 years old. It was like three grapes, uh, a piece of cheese and, and something else, but it was a very small amount of food. I was like, really? That's all they eat? It's all they need. You don't need to eat a lot. And if you think about it, it kind of makes sense because when you're eating food, your body's doing a lot of work digesting food and, and, and you know, processing the food and everything. Why put your body through unnecessary work if it doesn't need to be? So unless you're like a bodybuilder, you're trying to gain weight, then you don't need to eat a lot of food. So that that I thought was interesting. So not a lot of eating or very small meals when they do. Not a lot of alcohol either. Mm -hmm. 
was another thing that I saw. Not a lot of alcohol. Occasional wine I saw were, was uh, a, a common thread among a lot of people who lived to be over 100. I'm trying to think what, what else. It, it, just keeping the stress low, living a simple life. Yeah. Just be very stress-free. So I guess my question is, how many of our hearers and watchers want to live to be over 100? I know we said we do. Yeah, I do. It's just simply because I like living. I like life. I like being alive. But I'm curious, how many of you guys out there are like, yeah, I'm down for living, you know, 150 years? I don't I, know. Yeah, I'm curious too. Uh, I did run across something that I, I I'll, I'll, I'll read a, a little bit of it here. This was a, an article I found back from January of 2008. And I'll read it and then we can discuss the headline was, Scientists Find a Way to Make People Live for Hundreds of Years. I, I saw this and went, huh, what's this about? So, <laughs> researchers at the University of Southern California said that they managed to extend the lifespan of a strain of yeast fungus that can live 10 times longer than normal. Walter Longo, the leading researcher of the study, removed two genes uh, within the yeast's genome that is responsible for aging in yeast and cancer in humans and put the baker's yeast on a restricting diet that extended its lifespan enormously. Restricted diet. There's another. There you go again, right? Uh, he said, despite the difference between humans and yeast cells, this method is applicable to the same breakthrough in science of human longevity. He said it's quite possible to improve people's health and extend human lifespan to 120 years now. So this was back in 2008. Interesting. So the same DNA genome that was causing cancer in humans, they removed from yeast cells, restricted the diet, and was able to extend the lifespan. Well, it's brought up that diet can affect cancer cells. Of course it can. So, like, what's the name of the diet that people go on if they have cancer and it's, like, raw diet? Yeah, raw diet. Um, I forget the A name of it right now. A ketogenic diet has also been used. Anything that eliminates sugar and carbohydrates that break down to sugar. Mm-hmm. You, but it's if also you, about digestion. And yeah. There's, like, this whole, like, process and everything. But, yes. yeah, so, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, the Gerson method. Yes, the Gerson, thank you, Gerson. Gerson. That was it. Yeah, the Gerson method was used uh, and is still used for people that are looking for alternative treatments to cancer. And and from everything I've seen, it's very successful. If you try to look it up online that, uh, now, though, it's probably censored and, and probably been wiped. But that was something that I know is still used if you know where to look mm-hmm. and, and you can get the information. That's something that people have used to great success. Yeah. So... It's possible. Anything is possible. Remember that. It is. Jeez, anything's possible. So anybody listening to this, uh, if, if you take nothing else away from this, just take away this. Stop putting limits on yourself. Stop listening and to what others. everybody, yeah, stop listening to what everybody says. Oh, you can't do that. You can't do this. Why not? Well, stop listening to Says them. who? <laughs> yeah. Says who? Yeah. Says who? So you got anything uh, you want to close out with? No, that's it. Good to go? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We hope everybody has enjoyed the show. Yes. And we wish you a happy 2022. We wish everybody a very happy new year. And uh, until next time. 
I am the Golden Greek, Alex Arion. I've been joined as always by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing. I love you so much. I love you. My wife, Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast. We love hearing from and interacting with our hearers and watchers. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. At HomewreckerPod. You can also visit our website. HomewreckerPodcast.com. Where you can check out past episodes and pick up some Homewrecker Podcast gear from our online store. Also, if you haven't already, please hit the subscribe or follow button wherever you're hearing or watching our show. That way you can be notified whenever a new episode drops. We're on all major podcasting platforms, and you can check out the video versions of our show at YouTube and Brideon. You can also find Monique in a few places online as well. I'm on Twitter, at underscore Monique Giselle underscore. If you're interested in a tarot reading, organite, incense, candles, and other cool things, you can go to my website, tarotbymonique.com. Or if you're interested in hypnotherapy, you can go to innerstandingshypnosis.com to schedule a free 20-minute consult. And follow me on Twitter, at MoniquePCHT. And Alex, how can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, at TheAlexArion. And you can check out my website, AlexArionFitness.com. And if that's too much to remember, we get it. That's why we put it all in our show notes. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we appreciate all of your support. We do. Thank you. We love you.